I will say, like battle, you're going to find people's true colors during a turn. They might be able to mask it through most of the year, but when you're tired and worn out and things aren't going great sometimes and you know, you're at the end of it and it's whatever, like you said, two o'clock, one o'clock in the morning, you're going to find out who people really, who people really are. So you're going to see the ugly side of each other, you know, no doubt. Like a battle. Yeah, that, that is certainly a good way to put it. Um, and, and to describe summer turn in off-campus student housing. That was Lincoln Ogata with Easy Turn. A little bit more on him later. He's my co-host for for this particular episode, and this is the 2018 Student Housing Insight Summer Turn episode. Uh, We're going to go into a little bit of our past with Turn, as well as answer some of your questions from, from LinkedIn. But there is definitely one thing for certain in what what Lincoln said is you really find out not only who you are during turn, but also what your what your team is made out of. So a lot to a lot to be learned through that process. All right, guys, let me get into a quick sponsor from our sponsor this week, and then we'll get into the rest of the episode. Well, summer turn is almost here. Now that many of the students have left for the summer, you are probably doing quarterly inspections and realizing you needed to order more replacement furniture. So what do you do now? The furniture you did order, it's currently being loaded on containers in Asia. Well, Appalachian University Systems has you covered. AUS has been supplying universities and off-campus housing with great furniture for almost 30 years. They know the unexpected happens, and they keep inventory in their Birmingham, Alabama facility for many of the basic pieces that you use for your furnished apartments, like mattresses and beds and other case goods. Look them up at theausway.com. Again, that's www.theausway.com. And if you are a developer planning out your next student housing project, AUS is set up with in-house designers that can work with you and your architect to make sure the design concepts are extended to the feel and look of the furniture as well. Again, check them out at theausway.com. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and today I've got a very special guest co-host, Lincoln Ogata. How you doing, Wes? Doing great. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. So it's July 5th, the day after the 4th. How was your 4th? I, I had a great 4th. I had a great 4th. It was a little <laughs> hot uh, here in, in the, I guess they call us Midwest or South Kentucky, somewhere in between, but... It was 105 heat index, so uh, it was tough to be outside. So, Lincoln, you're you're based out of out of Lexington, Kentucky. Um, sure. Now, I'm in I'm in South Carolina, just below Charlotte. But the big thing, in fact, I live kind of right off the exit, like going from North Carolina to South Carolina. I'm probably about two miles from that first exit. Now, North Carolina has these like kind of quirky special fireworks that they sell two or three times a year and they'll do it in parking lots and stuff but in south carolina especially at the exit that i live off of it's completely legal and so all of these firework firework shops are are permanently based there and it traffic is just ridiculous (laughs) on on the fourth so um 
now in Kentucky, I can't remember or fireworks legal. So for years it wasn't. And what you just described was us entering Tennessee or Indiana and they have permanent, of course, the full-time half price off, just like a furniture store, always half price, always always going out of business (laughs) for 20 years. Um, So they had that for years. And then I guess Kentucky got uh, wise to it and left it up, I believe to the County. And so in Lexington here, we actually don't allow, uh, much more than uh, sparklers and because it's a college town, right? I mean, (laughs) uh, we do have a County that borders Fayette County where we're at here and they allow everything. So everyone just takes the 10 minute drive down the road and there's giant tents awaiting you uh, where you go in there and, you know, buy whatever you want, whatever you want to to blow up or yeah. So everything's right there and they all bring it back. So uh, my, my County, I believe is missing out on quite a bit of money from fireworks, but I think it makes them sleep better at night knowing they're doing their fair share to keep called <laughs> fireworks. It's great. It's um, I love doing it a couple times a year, but it is uh, once it gets 10 o'clock and the neighborhood dogs are still howling and, scared to death and the kids can't get to sleep it's it's time to call it quits for yeah, the I, was, I was about to say my perspective changed a lot after having uh, 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 right. uh i used to not care at all i was probably the one out there firing them off but now i've i guess made that transition into where i'm the angry one wanting to know and googling when the city ordinance says you have to stop setting them off so i turned into <laughs> that guy well, Lincoln, for um, those in our audience who who don't know you, give a little bit of background. Uh, you know, I know I know your career starts with with military, so I think it'd probably be good for everybody to to know that. And then the transition into student housing, yes, definitely. So, um, as you said, I, I uh, was in the military, the Navy. I was in a group called the CBs, a construction battalion. They're the Civil Engineer Corps of the Navy. I didn't do much on ships. Actually, I, I never stepped foot on a ship over my 10 years in, but we, we did deploy and <laughs> spent time in Guam. Like never, like never, I, you never stepped foot on I a ship. I went on a ship called the Midway in San Diego, but it's now a, uh, a lunch spot and a museum. So that was my, that was my, <laughs> I, I had a tour time. I think it was two thirty. Um, so yeah, so I did do a tour. <laughs> on a, on midway. So that was, uh, that was my, my sea time, but no, I, I, we spend time flying out. And uh, like I said, I spent time in Guam, uh, Iraq, a little place called San Nicholas Island, a little speck off the coast of Los Angeles. But yeah, so I spent, I started my time off there in construction and, and, uh, learning all facets of construction. My main field was in HVAC and running duct work and different things. But in the Navy CBs, you end up doing everything. So I had several concrete pours under my belt, running projects, running safety, running budgets. So I took that. And, and when I got out, I, like you said, the transition point, I got out and was trying to see what I wanted to transition into. And the construction life and hours are a little different in the Navy versus the civilian life. And the Navy's a lot less seasonal. I'll put it like that. So it was pretty scary to really think about you know, the seasonal work that could come along with civilian life construction. So I ended up finding my, my, my way into student housing through building management. So I've also been in student housing for about 10 years, which doesn't make the timeline work out for my age, but I did five years active and five years reserve in the Navy. So for my five years active time, I got out, I was in the reserve still for the next five years while I was starting my student housing career. But yeah, I've, I've inadvertently worked for several student housing companies through third party, working for a third party property where every year if things weren't going amazing. They would 
jump over to a new student housing third party manager, which was actually kind of amazing how that happens. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I always had to explain that. Some people would always say, I don't like to hire people that have multiple back, you know, it doesn't show loyalty, but uh, I guess the only thing I was guilty of <laughs> being loyal to was my family and my, my city because I wasn't trying to move out of town. They'd always generically offer me a job in another location, but I wasn't trying to leave Lexington after being gone for so long. But yeah, so I got into student housing and I think that's a really big advantage and kind of fast forwarded my experience as opposed to doing the same style turn every year. With every new company, I would get a new booklet and they'd say, check chapter 7 through 11. This is your guidelines and standards for term. And I'd open it up and it would say, you know, starting January, here's your January checklist, February checklist, March, April, you know, the importance of your last quarterly inspection. So every company I got to work for, it was really cool to get a different perspective of how they viewed and how they valued their term system. And so working for a couple of companies early on there taught me a lot. And then I went to go work for a large university at a large university that was was being converted to uh, third party management. Or actually, it's an owned, but they were on campus there, and and that was a, a massive project of sixty seven hundred beds. And um, yeah, and of course, that's the that's the University of Kentucky, yeah. you know, privatizing their dorms with with EDR, and uh, yeah. So tell us how talk to us about that a little bit. I mean, going from kind of single property or, or even area or, or multiple site in one area to now 6,700 beds. Yeah, definitely. So, so there wasn't, <laughs> what was going through it, your it wasn't zero to 6,700. Of course, with the amount of construction that needed to be done, there were uh, different phases that were, that were being completed. Um, and so each phase, you know, would open up another 1,200 or 2,000 beds um, each year. So every year they'd have another one. So every turn was different. Every year it grew bigger and, you know, larger and larger. Yeah. So yeah, it was really interesting to see. And every, you know, every building, no matter what, even if it's by the exact same company gets built a little bit differently. So learning best ways to upkeep those buildings. Anyways, that, that whole process was kind of wild because it was kind of along for the ride and there was no, there was no template for this. There was no, this is how you schedule a turn for, you know, this many thousand beds and this many summer conferences. Like there was, there was, there was no section at the end of that book for that. They had a, a basic, you know, they had their generic one for a basic site, but we were all tackling something that really hadn't been done before that we were kind of making up as we went along. So the process was just long and so many more pieces. And it wasn't something that you could just, oh, I'll just add a zero to this and it won't be an issue. You know, it was a, yeah. it was a long process, but no, it was, it was a great undertaking. It was a great learning experience for me, definitely a trial by fire and definitely had to learn how to get, even more organized than I ever was before. Because if you drop the ball there, you're talking about, you know, not putting 600 people up in a hotel. You're talking about putting thousands of people up. And I don't think that exists in, in downtown Lexington. I don't think there's any way to put two or 3,000 students anywhere. So it's, you have to succeed at turn and, and have it ready for them to come on in. Yeah. So many of these college towns, you know, that's even where some of the larger universities are at, especially in the SEC, where you're talking about Tuscaloosa and, and Auburn and um, Florida, really just about all of them. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, you don't get turn right. There's just not enough hotels. And, and, you know, and that, and that's saying something for, I mean, if you've ever been to, you know, if you, if you've ever been to one of those SEC schools during football season, um, when there's a home game, you realize really quick how few hotels that there are. You're just going farther and farther into town uh, to find something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or bringing an RV in or, or, or something, something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, you better get it right because if you don't deliver on time, if you don't have turn done in time, 
that's going to stay with you for a while. That's for sure. So, well, hey, so tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah. So now um, I actually partnered up with a local business owner who works in servicing student housing, and he's a former NFL player. His name's Chase Minifield out of Lexington here, born and raised out of here. One of our one of our few NFL uh, prospects we've had here. We love basketball here. We love football, too. We just don't seem to put as many people. Uh, we had a running back at Alabama for a little while, but that, that's about it. We don't have a lot of people that we push out big. So Chase is one of the few. Uh, NFL uh, individuals to come out of Lexington. But anyways, what I like about that aspect, not just to bring up NFL, is just, just the hunger that Chase has. He's a he's an entrepreneur. His father was also an NFL player, a Hall of Famer, uh, Frank Minifield. So it, it's in his blood to be competitive. And, um, you know, and he likes to stay on top of things. He's very organized. It's been a lot of fun to work with him. But we started a business called Easy Turn, which was, it's an, an, an app-based um, development, but it pretty much is a digital turn board that that we've been working on for, for some time now and, and we're rolling it out. And so we're really excited about that. It, it kind of completes my marriage to student housing that even though I've left an actual property, I've now still have a new step, not even on property that still bases my life around student housing turn. So this is my life and and I'm okay with it. Well, and that's why I felt like it was, you know, it was great for you to be on this particular podcast episode because we're, we're talking about turn several weeks ago, I put out a, you know, kind of a, a message to everybody on LinkedIn, letting them know that this, you know, this was on schedule and wanted to really kind of understand what kind of questions they've had. And you and I have been working on some some other business development stuff. And it's like, there's there's only so few people that are, <laughs> that are passionate about turn as, as I am. And you, I think, probably have beaten me when it comes to being passionate it's about term, but crazy, it is but, yes, well. but yeah you know that that's one thing with the you know the length of someone being able to stay in student housing is not just how passionate you are about that move in move out process but really planning for it all year long and having it because if you've got it planned out having it planned out certainly makes the job much easier it doesn't it doesn't make it easy by any stretch it, of imagination. It, it just makes it possible, you know? It really does. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, kind of people will go through something and say, well, at the end, it always kind of kind of gets done. But how much, you know, what, what product are you offering? Are you offering an A-plus product to your people? Are you offering a, an A-minus? Are you okay with A-minus because of what you had, you know? So the ability to plan ahead and to really, you know, hit that is really important. I used to um, say that, Sometimes it felt like we were, I would never admit this too much, but it felt like we were almost overpaid during different times of the year. Everyone in student housing maintenance knows during February right. is pretty slow months, but then we definitely feel underpaid and uh, come turn time, but I guess it makes up for it at that point. But turn is everything. I mean, turn is, turn, turn really is the, uh, the Super Bowl, um, not only for, you know, I think for the, for the leasing side, it's kind of year round, you know, you kind of have that pressure, but for maintenance, the last thing we want to know is that people aren't renewing because of maintenance issues and to have that fall on us or to mess up a turn or have people walk off site and not have a backup, which is why most properties obviously make you have multiple vendors. But all those things can happen. And I've, I've seen all of those things happen. So things can go very, very wrong at turn. It's only a 14 or 20 day period or if you're in, at a university, it can be longer than that. But it's uh, if, if yeah. somebody bails on you, it, it hurts and you, you don't sleep much during turn and the only thing in your veins are Monster and Red Bull. So, 
uh, don't, you know. don't forget about Nas. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fast and the Furious. Um, yeah. So no, I mean, it, it's important. And a lot of people, they'll just stress out during that time, but I always like to do the majority of my work before time. And uh, I'm not the type that freaks out if it doesn't go exactly the way it should be. I know that there's going to be curveballs, but I like to have a really good outline, if you will, of how I expect turn to go, who my backups are, have I talked to them about coming in? And of course, not to preach on uh, on on quarterlies, but your your last quarterly before turn or your last two quarterlies before turn are your most important ones anyways. You can really tell how your turn's going to go based on those quarterlies if they're done properly. And that's when you're doing your long lead items, your furniture ordering, your, yeah, your hard yeah. to get. That's the main part. Plus, you're not going to walk in. If you're walking in on, on move out day and you have six out of your nine doors kicked in and it's the first time you've seen it, sure, that could have been a you know, end of the year party or something. But for the most part, you should know what's going it's on. It's been out there. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> There's no reason that should be a big surprise. So, you know, I want to get into a couple of, of the things that some of the things that I'm interested in, you know, what your experience has been, but to, to stay on easy turn for, for just a second, you know, and I was able to see it, you know, in the past couple of weeks. So I think, I think all of us that have been through a turn have said, man, there's got to be an easier way of doing this. You know, some people put up all the multiple whiteboards and pieces of paper glued to the walls and, you know, or checking off what's being, you know, cleaned and steamed and, mm-hmm. and painted and um, and don't do it in that order if you've never done it before because that's the wrong order. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that you everybody knows they've got to pay careful attention to it but being able to put all that information and track all that information just tracking it not even not even actually looking at the data after you get done you know to say okay well this is how we started off and you know this is how we ended and this is the vendor that you know did the best work and you know it's it's hard to there's no good system out there that has been able to, to really track that. And the property management companies can't get there. And yeah, I'm calling you to the to the mat on this property management companies, but you've yet to be able to property management software companies specifically. You haven't been able to put out a, a turnboard product that speaks to our industry and, and tracks things that, that we need it to track. And I think that's why most of us have have you know resulted to using spreadsheets because you can at least go back and look at something and and, and get a good visual f- for things. But what you and Chase have created is truly next level, and I'm excited about you know what what's going to be happening for you. I don't you know we're not trying to pitch Easy Turn right now because I know you've got kind of a a beta 3.0 that that's happening with a bunch of companies this year. And, and so, you know, I know you probably don't want to get loaded with a bunch of calls and and quite honestly, if, if, if you're a manager and you're listening to this or you're a maintenance supervisor and listen to this and you haven't planned out, (laughs) you know, using an Excel spreadsheet or, or something, uh, I, I'm almost a little reluctant to say, "Hey, give 
<laughs> give easy turn a call because chances are you're unless if you've just been thrown into a situation and you don't know anything about it chances are Lincoln is not going to be able to do anything to to help you out because there was clearly no effort <laughs> to plan in advance so and uh yeah so anyway that's kind of definitely look us up shoot us an email and then like I said just start educate yourself on on what all we offer and and come come the next time you you need us you know give us a call and and really our product was born out of uh, frustration out of like he mentioned earlier just how come I'm looking around I don't find anything you know that really helps me out you could just tell things were developed by developers and not by people who are in the field which is what I think we, we come we bring to the table the most is that you can tell that we experience it we've been through it and we've taken notes and we've tried to accomplish everything that frustrated us you know in our process and many experience with turns so it's uh it's born out of that it's real we try to you know not add anything else but just do exactly what we need help with during turn and obviously i'm really excited about it and know it's going to be a great product moving forward and hopefully the industry standard yeah yeah i can't i can't wait to see see everybody's reaction this year that that's using it because i think it's um uh, you know it's certainly going to be something And, and and the great thing is it's you guys have designed it in a way that you can you can add more, become more sophisticated with it, and you know being able to start off with something that you know as an operator, where you've got somebody on the on the development side being both you and Chase, because Chase is very familiar with the turn process. You know he's he's not some former NFL player that just dumps some money into <laughs> into development. He's been on the vendor side. He gets the frustrations there, and uh, you know meeting with with both of you guys is, has just been really amazing to see. Not just the passion you guys have for for solving these problems, but you know the fact that you guys have rolled your sleeves up and been in in the middle of it and know the frustrations. So, uh, but anyway, so really quick, let's 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 talk about your first turn. Okay. Um, what what was that like? What was going through your through your through your head? Give us give us a little bit of that story. That's an excellent question. I don't think I've ever been asked that, but it is it is a. Uh... It is in my mind. My very first turn was with a property uh, 521. I think that number is in my head. I have a lot of different numbers in my head from different properties. And then at the university, every building has a different number. But I think we were 521. Um, I'll probably get a call from someone who listens to this and tells me otherwise. But we did have a phase three of that property. But uh, we were somewhere around there before that last phase. So it was my very first one. I actually came in, no joke, July 4th. Uh, after July 4th weekend, I came in. So as all of us know, in student housing, this is as last minute as you can get. So luckily I had a pretty awesome, not a pretty awesome, she was an awesome property manager that I had at the time. And she's gone on to do big things in her own right. And um, actually got into the app field as well. But her name is Lindsay Holland. I'll give her a little shout out there. Um, She was awesome. I came on board and she was a very knowledgeable property manager who knew the term process, knew I was coming in late showed me a proper combination of grace and you better get this together <laughs> or you better learn this because, you know, this is going to be more on you next year. But we got through it. That was definitely the greatest last minute, even though it didn't seem last minute when it's August, but you're talking a month until people are there. So it was pretty wild to get in there and do that. And my maintenance staff, I had one full timer and then we were able to use some of the CAs and that was literally my whole staff. And so it was wild. Uh, we went through there and I got a very quick education on how turn goes. And I didn't get to see any pre, some of these properties 
Um, I missed even the last quarterly. So some of these properties, it was my first time. If I didn't have a work order from the time I got there to the time it started, I had never been. <laughs> so I saw yeah. some doozies and you know how it is when people have terrible rooms, they often won't even put in work orders. They'll just let them stew. So I found some, yeah. some, you know, mold explosions underneath sinks. Um, I found all kind of crazy stuff for that very first turn and, and our vendors were not super happy with us. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a process to walk them through it. They were already bid out by the time I got there. I just kind of showed up and I was the new guy and barking orders coming right out of the military yeah. telling them how, how we're going to get through this turn. Although I didn't know much about it, but no, it was a very eye opening experience. And, uh, and I was working for campus apartments at the time and, you know, didn't even have much time to look through my booklet or anything at that point. Sorry, campus apartments. Uh, I learned better the next year, but that very first year I was, I was lost and, you know, somehow made it through at the end. Again, that was definitely a very powered by Red Bull year at that time. You know, when, yeah. when you don't have the pre-planning and don't have the knowledge all the time in a certain area, you know, you can always throw time at it, <laughs> time and effort, you know, to try to do yeah. that. And then the better you get at it, you can kind of chip away a little bit at that time and effort and, get a little smarter, work smarter, not harder. Right. That year I worked harder. I worked as hard as I could that year, but we got through it. Yeah. I think we had a, I think move in day, we had a leak on a water heater that, you know, affected one room and the room underneath it. But that was my only big firework for my very first move in. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember my first one cause it was the, the first move in, it was new construction. So, and there were construction issues, but you know, uh, that was, that was a little bit easier to explain, right? And then there, you know, that next year had a completely different manager. You know, I was in college going into my senior year. A lot of times I felt like I was the only one committed to that, to that property with, uh, and I hate saying that because I had some, some good people, some good friends, uh, you know, that, you know, alongside me, but there just wasn't, they didn't have, and specifically the folks that, that I was working uh, underneath, you know, they didn't have, because they had not been there for move in, now they were there for this new thing. There was no, they had never done turn before. They really didn't realize what was going on and, you know, what was going to be expected. And and it was, it was a five-day turn for mm. 520 beds. Yeah. 520 beds five days was the was the first turn and i remember uh <laughs> i remember going into a unit at 2 a.m it was supposed to be completely vacant and i was doing kind of final checks and i walked in everything it was a townhome community so downstairs was looked okay start going upstairs i walk into a unit supposed to be vacant and it's you know, clearly got sheets on the bed and everything else. And I'm like, and this property wasn't even furnished yeah. at the time. And I was like, okay. You know, you start looking through your clipboard at your, at your rent roll and your turn board. Like, okay, what's, what did I miss here? And no, it's supposed to be vacant. And not only is all this stuff here, there's a person under the sheets. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I always think it's funny was, if somebody could just record every individual and the few moments after they think someone's there and they try to make louder noise and they keep saying hello, like the third hello is going to make someone talk back in a hello, hello, 
maintenance. Well, I, I wasn't even I wasn't even saying hello. Like I was just making sure. I know exactly what you're talking about, but like I mean, it was two o'clock in the morning. I didn't even need to be there, but you know, I was trying to make sure things were going to go well. And so finally, I just I realized, okay, this person is not supposed to be here. I don't have anything wrong. So I turn on the lights and like, hey, <laughs> get out of here! What are you yeah, doing here? <laughs> And yeah, and and the the girl was like, "Oh yeah, I was I was gonna I wanted to renew my lease, but I'm like I I don't know what you want to do." I said, "But you gotta go, you gotta go somewhere else. Like I got somebody else moving in here tomorrow." <laughs> like, yes, it was that. <laughs> so oh, and 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 the day I move in, I remember having to go into people's apartments and I was cleaning their ovens and everything just because. It, you know, it had to be done. So I learned a lot and it was, um, and the thing was, is it was the first, it was the first property in that market, wow. uh, you know, that was, that was for student housing, you know, specifically for student housing. And so the vendors in the area didn't even really understand it. So, man, I learned a lot, but, um, so, uh, you know, on, on with, with, uh, the stories you get over those, you get over those, those hiccups and, and, and you begin learning from it. You know, tell me a little bit about just your experience working with, working with other team members. What, I mean, obviously you've had a lot of success in the area of, of being a, a maintenance supervisor and obviously turn takes up a big chunk of that responsibility but obviously there's a lot of you know managers out there as well it's and it's it's funny to me because in a lot of markets you'll see where you know there's a property manager that refuses to let a maintenance supervisor take over the turn rule um and then you and then sometimes you see other general managers and, and property managers that are like i don't know that's that's the maintenance supervisor's role. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know when they've got it scheduled. Tell me what, from from your standpoint, what makes you know what what makes it work? So that that marriage is the closest thing to an arranged marriage that we experience here. I think in the U.S. and showing up on a property and having this person that you've never you know really worked with before, and you're going to go through this battle. That sounds like I'm over exaggerating, but I will say, like battle, you're going to find people's true colors during a turn. They might be able to mask it through most of the year, but when you're tired and worn out and things aren't going great sometimes and, you know, you're at the end of it and it's whatever, like you said, two o'clock, one o'clock in the morning, you're going to find out who people really, <laughs> who people really are. So you're going to see the ugly side of each other, you know, no doubt. But no, that, that marriage, it really is the best described as a marriage. Um, you really have to have that open communication. And I think if, if both the property, and again, I've done some stint as a property manager as well. And then of course, as, as director of facilities, so I've had people you know, under, underneath me who I've had to, to work on these relationships, but it really is. Um, some, some people need some therapy in that area, but you really do have to work together. You have to smash any issues that you might have, anything you might have going on. It is not a time of the year to just ignore. Um, if you've been wanting to bring up something that you don't like that someone's doing between the property manager and the facilities manager, it's time to get all that stuff out on the table. So there's no surprises come turn time. You're ready to go. But again, I was trying to get at, if, if you do your preparation for turn together, then obviously you can kind of have a joint attack plan because it really does have to do with both sides. Like you said, some people don't want them to touch it. Um, every, I've even learned this too, the company itself, some of them encourage different things as far as what part in turn that each individual takes. I've been at companies where it's been very clearly 50-50. I've had more of a role. I've had ones where I was supposed to take less of a role, which I, I didn't do very well. 
Um, <laughs> just, just because that's my nature. I, I, you know, if I go down, I want it to be something I planned. I went down, you know, where, where I failed. I want, I want to, you know, it's too hard for me to be hands off entirely in that scenario. But no, it's uh, everyone has a different setup. It really is a relationship you have to work on. You have to have that. And, and the better you are, the better you know each other, I, I'm sure there's a direct correlation with successful turn and um, you know business relationship between a property manager and a facilities manager. It can't be turning you know the, the leasing agents and the maintenance techs against each other. I've seen that kind of craziness too. It can't be any of that. You have to be on one page or else it's going to swallow you alive. So if you were to give you know kind of Lincoln's top three things to remember for turn uh, outside of what we talked about as far as you know relationship and communication between you know both sides of the house as far as leasing leasing and, and management services along with maintenance services what are the other three things you know you get very tactical with this if if uh, you feel like that's what you need to do what are the top three things that you would say you got to keep this in mind or you've got to do this certain thing in order to be successful. Well, I guess I, just as I thought it, just as you were asking me that, I, I didn't mean to break it down into three beautiful little trio, but it really is. It's, it's, it's know your property. You really, that really has a lot to do with your, um, your pre-turn inspections, knowing what you have, knowing what your basic things are that go out, knowing again, like I mentioned earlier, what your long lead items are. If it takes you this long to find out, you know, some people designers i won't get into that whole topic of designers versus maintenance people but if a designer loves this door they want to put in there because it's such a trendy cool door but it takes you two months to get said door you need to know what what things on your on your side are breaking what frequency they're breaking at you got to get ahead of all that but knowing your property knowing what your trouble units are you know by trouble i just mean you might have to you know get some more information or a lot more time for those units um, know your property know your team um, your maintenance team and, you know, your team as a whole, they're on site. Uh, you really got to know them. Like I mentioned that earlier, not to go back in a relationship, but just make sure that, you know, you're talking, it shouldn't be the first time that your leasing agents hear from you should not be turned. I've actually seen that before yeah. where they literally only have ever had a more than a five minute conversation of blah, blah, blah is locked out of their room or blah, blah, blah's key doesn't work, but an actual dialogue throughout the year. Cause if you have a good relationship with your leasing agents and everyone, Again, that whole team aspect, you know, not to sound cliche or corny, but that really is super important for turn. And the last one is know your vendors. Some people, again, it, I, I actually loved when I used to schedule, you know, uh, my vendor meetings and, you know, I, I would do them way more often if I could. But sometimes, you know, your vendors are pretty busy, but I love getting to know them. I love the more, the more also your vendors get to know each other, you get less of, well, the, the painters got paint all over the carpet or did this or did that. You know, you want them to almost know each other enough where they're going to go, you know, maybe communicate that to them. I think the better that you know your vendors, your vendors know each other. I think that's a beautiful combination again, because again, these are guys going into war with you and yeah. uh, you don't want any surprises. Plus, I will tell you, this is with anything business wise. If you actually know your vendor and they know you and you've talked and you've created any sort of level of relationship, it's going to be harder for them, hopefully harder for them to ever walk off of your site um yeah. two days into turn you know um you really got to know your vendors even that's even if that's knowing your backup vendors as well if you know your vendor and you're nervous about your vendor you better have a backup vendor you better have their insurance paperwork you better have them you know if you do compliance depot whatever it is you better have them all the way ready to go um and ready to have them come in there and then you reward that person the next year that's not for my pitch towards vendors but make sure that you take care of your vendors if they come in there last minute and uh and knock it out for you because they're just as yeah. important as everybody else, if not, you know, a little higher on that process. But yeah, so it's know, know your people I mean, know, know, or know your property, know your team and know your vendors. Perfect. Perfect. And 
And yeah, just to add to that, I mean, if you're this podcast should should be posted some around sometime around the you know second or third week of July, which for some people you may already be interned by the time this comes out. Mm-hmm. But if you're still a couple weeks away from your move out and you haven't had you know, you haven't had a luncheon with the vendors that you've selected, you you better get on top of that because and not just where they come by and have lunch and, and then leave. It, it really needs to be close the office down, get everybody that's going to be involved with turn, which is typically the entire staff and say, Hey, this is who this person is. And this is what they're going to be doing for us over turn. And, and, you know, really making sure that they understand that because once that move out day hits, you don't have, you don't have time for that mess. Uh, everybody, everybody needs to know everybody's name at that point. So, well, Hey, um, this is probably a great time for us to switch over to some of the, uh, questions that we got off of that we, um, uh, got off of LinkedIn, of LinkedIn. Thanks. Um, (laughs) it's, uh, uh, really quick while I'm looking this up, tell the folks really quick on, uh, you know, for easy turn where they can, can they follow you on social media? Well, yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess that's my my thin line of, uh, of of feeling like an old man or not. But I do I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. I do do some stuff through Easy Turn. But uh, I'm the only Lincoln Ogata on, on LinkedIn. So look me up that route. And uh, Easy Turn's website is easyturn.net. Again, it's got some samples on there for you to kind of get a generic uh, outlook of what we offer. And by all means, like I said, you can contact us there, and and we can be happy to speak with any property just to answer any generic questions about Easy Turn, even if it is too late in this season. Um, to get on board. Obviously, we love talking about turn. You can ca- call us and tell us what your situation is, what kind of expectations you'd have out of out of um, our system, and, and we can educate you on it. And you know, we'd love to communicate with you more in the future. But yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. I'm I'm really working on my LinkedIn game. I'm trying to get up to uh to, to Wes's level there. I'm trying to utilize that. He's a he's a, a target for me to, to try to follow there. He's, he's got an, an awesome presence on there and it's just great. It's great to be around. Cause sometimes, you know, I'm not from the smallest college town area, but I spent some time in, in, in uh, Ames, Iowa, not too long or Des Moines, Iowa, not too long ago. And all I could think was, you know, the same feeling I had, am I the only one in student housing? You know, it's kind of crazy that feeling because sometimes you do feel like you're the only one and sure you might go to your manager's conference every year and meet some more, but it really has been great to look around and find more people to connect with and, to be able to not just vent, but really to be able to build, you know, wisdom is never being done learning. And I think it's just great to be able to be around people and to just keep picking up on amazing, just keep picking up on amazing tricks of the trade. And there's so much stuff that I've learned and, you know, some stuff that I've been able to show other teams about one thing that was really, really generic before I even came up with easy turn was something called blue taping. And um, we used to use blue tape on our doors and the blue tape is just some painter's tape. And that was once one of the main managers had walked through the unit once everything was supposed to be done and we've already dusted our way out of the room, we'd put blue tape over that knob. And that meant absolutely do not come in here. This next person in this room is going to be a new resident because we used to get that issue where people would go in there and walk into rooms and we'd have a room all the way done and you'd see footsteps walk halfway in, turn back around and walk right back out. And that would, that will kill you. That will kill you and your sparkle bucket. Don't <laughs> move in time, but we used to do that blue tape. And man, if we were on there, and it felt so good too. What what a great gratitude to be able to take that blue tape off there and put it right across that uh, that handle and just say, nope, this one's this one's done. You know, this one's yeah, to my yeah. standard. And then as you walk down a hallway and you see a whole hallway blue taped, um, I think it's more so visually. You know, it rests your soul to be able to do that process. But that's a little trick that I 
um, had that, you know, again, it could just be for my crazy mind to sleep better at night, but I loved walking through whole floors and seeing blue tapes on everything. So little tricks like that. There's so many little tricks that you can do uh, that help during term, but yeah. And as the, hopefully the audience members have picked up now, you're constantly adding value in everything that you say. I started off with a question about your social media and we end up talking about blue tape tricks. Yeah, so. <laughs> we'll we'll there. Well, hey, to, to jump into uh, a couple of these questions, um, Dustin Height, who is uh, area maintenance team leader for Cardinal Management based in the Georgia area, and looks like he's got kind of a background with the Statesboro, Georgia area, um, which, man, I can tell you that's – I've dealt with some um, – with some student housing turns in Statesburg, Georgia. And in fact, our other co-host, Greta Dare, um, <laughs> could tell you a lot about having to haul furniture to new apartment, uh, to new apartments, or I shouldn't say new apartments, to turned apartments in Statesboro, Georgia. So, and some that weren't turned. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dustin asks, how many days before move in do you wait until you send professional cleaners into common areas because the renewing tenants didn't clean when they said they would? Um, so basically in this situation, you've got, you know, as, as you do with student housing, you've got partial turns, um, partially occupied apartments. And, um, you know, I've always tried to set a property, be it fee managed or something that, you know, I, I represented the owner directly on, uh, you know, a standard for, for doing the common area as far as paint, clean, and steam. And that's typically if half or more of the residents moved yeah, out. 50%, yeah. Um, yeah. So if, if it's a four bedroom, which is most common in, in student housing, if two of them move out, you got to do the common area. If it's a two bedroom, one person moves out, going to do the common area now obviously yeah, especially with painting you know sometimes that's a little tough because the the roommate or roommates that's left that you know is remaining that um have renewed uh they're you know they may have everything in the in the living room that they own on the walls and it's it's really hard to do that you, you got to just make a judgment call when when it comes to that but you know to, to dustin's question you know specifically and i think it i think it really comes down to you know to to your own to your own turn and how much time you have to do something i think you really just have to communicate a date to your residents of hey we're going to be doing we are expecting to do final walks at this point in time and here are our standards for the way the living room should look if you know, if it's not up to this standard, you know, we're going to be cleaning it. But any Lincoln, anything from any advice from, from your end on, on the type of experiences you've had with that? Yeah. Like I said, this is a, this is a pretty common one here that you can kind of come across in one way or another. Um, I've seen people do things where they'll give, you know, um, if you want your walls done or if you want your floor areas done, it has to be clear of debris um, if your walls want, if you want your walls done, take your pictures down, put them all down. You know, there's so much liability stuff that you dance around to with stuff like that with painting above, you know, if you don't even have a furnished property to paint over, all that stuff can get you good and paranoid um, about that. But a lot of the, a lot of sites I've seen have said, you know, if you want your areas vacuumed or whatnot, or if you, you don't vacuum your areas, we're going to charge you this rate. We need to do this or this. I think really it has to do with giving maybe a 
few day out and then giving a last warning. I know it's, it's frustrating that we ever have to give more than one warning to anybody, but the reality is you put something on a doorknob, someone can come by and take that off. And that's usually their defense if they don't see something. But, you know, if you feel like you've done your due diligence of alerting your resident and they're just, you know, being that resident and they're not going to do it, then I know a lot of properties will charge you the time to clean, to go inside there. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a hard call, especially when you talk about a four bedroom and two people are moving out and two guys have lived there for four years, you know, that's tough. And, you know, um, yeah, I think, I think the real, you know, the real issue that I've always encountered with this is, you know, or the, it's not necessarily the painting. Um, a lot of times it's the carpet, but the biggest one being just the cleanliness of the kitchen. Yeah as well as bathrooms, if you've got, you know, a four by two or something like that. And, you know, you've, you know, Dustin's question was how long do you wait until move in to do this? I, I, I think, you know, everybody should be doing move out inspections. And if it's, if it's noted at that point that, you know, this is going to be a partially occupied unit over turn and, and through turn, and then, you know, you've got beer bottles stacked all across the counter and, you know, dishes for days in the, in the sink, you got to jump on that right away. You, Absolutely. you can't wait for that. I was and a property manager I had, yeah. she would actually give out on move out inspection time, that very first alert of you need to get your apartment cleaned and we're going to come check it on this date. So they would start at the same time that we would start turn to give them. Yeah. yeah. That gives you about a 10 day period or so to, to, to continuously, you know, give them alerts and stuff. And to go back to what you were saying earlier, you know, this is why the quarterly inspections are so critical because coming out of the gate with that first, uh, you know, with that first quarterly inspection that you do after move in, that's the time to really set the tone of, of what's expected. And, you know, I'd like to say, well, all these people are over 18. They should know what clean is supposed to look like. Yeah. Clean is very, a very objective term, um, yeah. even to you know, 40 year old adults like myself. Yeah. Um, and, but it's also something that is <laughs> when you don't have mom and daddy behind them yeah. telling them every day what needs to be done and there's less accountability there. Unfortunately, this is why people in student housing make a little bit more money than what happens on the conventional side, because you have to have, learn how to have some tough conversations and, and in a lot of ways be a teacher yeah. a life teacher to these students and say, look, this is what has to happen or otherwise you're non-compliance with the lease agreement and, you know, we're going to have issues. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, Dustin, I appreciate the question. I hope, hopefully we, uh, we answered that one pretty well. I don't, I don't know that there's an exact date, but obviously if you're doing the move out inspections, if your team's doing the move out inspections, it's got to be noted at that point in time and something put in place to communicate that with the residents at that point. My, the next question comes from Christopher Keene. Um, uh, he's actually a finance major at Washington State University and is a leasing consultant. Uh, let me click on here and see if I can see what company he works for. Horizon Realty Advisors. Yeah, I know the Horizon guys pretty well, actually. So let me kind of summarize this a little bit. Um, he said, turn doesn't directly affect my job at residents requesting to, except with residents requesting to extend their lease, not knowing their lease, et cetera. 
uh, can get repetitive over time. Um, he mentions partial turns being tricky. Um, and then I think, I think his question, cause it's more of just a statement than, than a question, but I think, I think what he's getting at in, in this statement is, you know, what can le- what can leasing consultants, community assistants, uh, those student workers, what should they expect and how, how can they be best utilized during the, during the turn? Any, uh, you want to take first stab at that? Yeah. So if, it, if it's during the term part, like I said, every company should have some kind of setup. Um, you know, like I said, our people come move out day once the last week. I mean, everyone does different. We used to do noon. So once that noon time hits and they're out, almost that, that uh, midnight Cinderella transformation goes from leasing agent to porter backslash maintenance guy at that point, maintenance gal, maintenance woman, whatever. At that point, that's when that kind of transition kind of happens. Um, they go, usually they'll go run and change and come back and get ready to start helping out. And not every site's that way, but I would say the majority of them are that way, and uh, they come out. But in general, from from leasing, you know, if I ever had my one audience to speak to all leasing agents and stuff, it would it would be kind of like I mentioned earlier. Don't let the first time you talk to your maintenance manager be when there's an issue, because that's a really easy way to separate the maintenance and the leasing side. You know, again, to have those relationships, because yeah. the last thing you want to do is feel like you're only being called when you mess something up or something else is going on. So, and then the next quick line on that, and I'll get back to the main question is to um, under promise doesn't mean offer a terrible product, but, un, but side on, on, you know, a little bit longer on time or say, we'll get back to you as soon as possible versus a date. Um, those kinds of things, even with turn requests, you know, you can say, I, I can mention that to them versus saying that should be no problem for our maintenance team. Uh, when you, when you don't know necessarily the circumstances that are going on there, just even your choice words can, can help out so much. Um, to make it look like you're not throwing your own maintenance under the bus, but you're still having good customer service while, you know, allotting your maintenance to, you know, work through maintenance issues. So, but yeah, to come turn time, you turn into maintenance help or find out anything you can help on. We had some maintenance or some leasing guys that were uh, amazing. They, you know, they would mess with garbage disposals and change out, of course, light bulbs and, and filters. And some of them would work on doorknobs and fixing striker plates. Some of them were deep down, want to be maintenance people, which is just fine with me. Uh, I love what I do, and I'm sure it's nice to get out and do something different for a little while. So, yeah, I think that's when the transformation happens. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope um, Chris has got you know a manager that uh, and a maintenance supervisor that uh, you know have obviously been you know working this past year on on their plan and and who's playing what parts. And I would say you know stay within your lane on on those kind of things if. You know, it's just as I mentioned with my story earlier on my first turn, it was very obvious to me where I was. I knew that I was going to be standing in front of residents on move-in day that were not going to have things ready. And so, you know, I became this hyper anxious person, which I'm not always the best you know, Wes went, went on that way. And it, um, uh, you know, I began jumping in and, and trying to become Superman. And that's certainly not what I was paid for. It certainly wasn't what I was trained for. And, but it's what I felt like was, you know, was going to be needed. And I think, you know, for the most part, student housing has, has evolved quite a bit. I, I see, I'd like to say I see less and less, type of property managers that I had 
<laughs> that that senior year in college. But um, I, I don't know that that's always the case in every situation. But you know, stay in your lane, but but definitely you know be looking to see what other areas you could help in. You know, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing for the you know the part time student worker that be that's out there. Be a student. Yeah, be yeah, <laughs> be, yeah. Definitely be flexible. Um, and you know, just just again, be be looking for be looking for the fumbled ball and and jump on it. You know, when you see it, and you know, don't be don't be afraid to ask. Uh, you know, what else you can be doing. Because I think that's going to pay off dividends down the road, not just necessarily, you know, if you try to make a career out of student housing, but that goes a long way into getting a a great reference down the road when you apply for another job. I can't tell you how many times, even as as a vice president, as a regional manager, where I, you know, you have those experiences where a student really rises to the occasion and goes above and beyond. And I could tell you 90% of the time, because I end up voicing that appreciation back to that person, they typically end up asking me for a reference when they go to apply for their first job. And I'm able to, to say, hey, exactly how this person went above and beyond mm-hmm. And how I feel like it's going to pay off for that employer if they hire this and, person. And I'll so, say, um, yeah, sorry, but I'll, I'll say it benefits a lot too um, when they do go around and do some of the basic uh, work orders. It's just there's you can't put a value on a little more knowledge with basic maintenance issues when it comes to dealing with work order costs throughout the rest of the year. You can then know how things go, and you can finally speak with some knowledge, or maybe even you know give some generic troubleshooting to someone who calls in. I mean, you're only going to gain from learning more about maintenance while you're on a site. Like I said, whether it be through the benefit of dealing with your customers, um, or like I say with maintenance, there's there's nothing you're going to accidentally learn during your time at student housing that you can't use because you're probably going to live in some sort of uh, building for the rest of your life. And at one point you'll own a building you live in. And if not, you're renting and you'll be penalized for things broken. But there's there's no wasted knowledge when it comes to learning how to take care of uh, any kind of residential setup. So definitely it makes you stronger with your work order stuff. And you won't, you know, you'll like I said, we I, I remember one of our guys feeling very empowered after we had him do a lot of basic AC troubleshooting with us during uh, turn time because he was interested in it. We gave him that. And a lot of people would say, well, I had an issue, but actually your guy at the office you know, Andrew, he, he showed me how to take care of this and it actually took care of it. So, you know, I mean, who knows? Then again, that's the whole the whole team framework, which is often preached, but hard to reach. Right. The whole working all together. Yeah, yeah, you know? And because it's so easy to just sit yeah. back with the maintenance guys. There's the maintenance guys. There's the leasing people. You know, it's not that, you know, it's not the, the sharks and the jets. You know, it needs to be a, a, a team setting there and you're only going to benefit from that. So, yeah. So, uh, last question, and this one actually came in from a direct message, so I will um, uh, I'll keep this anonymous. Wes, my property is being sold and set to close two weeks before move out. We are ready for turn, but stressing out about all the other changes and the new company, how the new company will be doing turn differently. On top of that, we are 5% behind from last year's pre-leasing numbers. Uh, this is about 20 days ago, so I hope, you, I hope you've caught up. Um, so I'm trying to keep everyone motivated. Any advice? Yeah, yeah I, I've I've been in that situation not only with 
you know, properties being acquired or, or sold, but also, you know, management changes that, you know, that are on the horizon. Typically, you don't know about those management changes until after move in. Yeah. Over with. But um, definitely, the, I mean, this is a this is a great time to to sell a property. And if, if your property is being sold, first of all, a huge congrats to you. Um, because typically, especially if it was new development, um, you know, new development is being, you know, nine times out of 10 is being built with the, you know, with the expectation that it's going to be sold once it's stabilized. So if you're in that situation where you've been with the property since it was built, and now it's being sold off for the first time, Congrats! You've done exactly what the owner was hoping to do, and yeah, you know, look forward to what's going to happen next. You know, this is just kind of taking the property to to the next level or to the next step, and um, you know, sometimes that ends up. Um, sometimes maybe it's not a stabilization thing. Maybe the property has had some. You know, it's got some age on it, and now it's at a point where someone's coming in to do value add. So not only are you going to finish up with turn, but now you're going to have project managers and contractors coming in to to come in and look at other type of capital projects they can do, so that that will allow your property to to increase its value, meaning increase their rents. And and that that's great. It's it's just it's kind of a different. It's something else you're able to put on your resume of being able to not only do a new lease up and stabilize the property, but also being able to do a value add. So um, don't look at look at it um, as a negative. I don't think that's um, it, that it should ever be looked at that way. Yeah, I think where some of the fear comes from when a property is being sold is because they feel like another group's going to come in with their own people and basically everybody on the, the, the current management team is going to be replaced. I can tell you if you're winning for your current ownership, your current management group, the, the buyers don't want to do anything. Um, because the, the thing is, is if you, if you buy a property and part of the value add is bringing in management that actually cares for the residents, that's going to be a, a lot of that, you know, is, is really reflective of how you've managed the property and you probably should be replaced. Um, doesn't mean that you can't bounce back from that. Um, if you, if you enjoy this career, then you know, there's always going to be, you know, an opportunity out there and you can bounce back from that, but accept it for, for what it is, if that's the case. And again, if you're doing what you're doing, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I'm sure there's probably things that they're going to be doing differently uh, with turn um, because everybody's got a way of, yeah, as Lincoln mentioned earlier, everybody does it a little bit different. And, you know, the biggest thing is if you don't feel like those changes, once they start going over that with you, when the property is sold, if you don't feel like you've got time to implement those changes, have a conversation with whoever's a part of that transition and just say, you know, be open and say, look, I just don't know if we're going to be able to get everybody on the same page you know, can we do it this way and, and change it up for next year? So Lincoln, what's, what's your background with that type of situation? 
Yeah, like I, like you said, I, I've been through that as well. I described that some earlier about being there and, and coming in either right before a turn or having a management change when I already had a game plan. Um, but I would say I feel like it was almost a two-part question. One, you know, what do you do in this situation where you're about to turn and somebody comes in if the case they change things? And then two was, I guess, what demeanor do you carry? and What demeanor do you put over your team? And I'll answer both of those here quickly. But the first one... Um, I would say have a good game plan down on paper. I'm a little ADD, so I do a lot of stuff inside my head and carry it there. But I've learned as I've, you know, as I've gone on in this business that I put a lot of stuff down now. But you should have a game plan to show if they have a guy come in and say, hey, how are you doing? I'm the VP of maintenance for him. I'm just coming by to see, you know, how you're feeling with this turn. Is there anything we can offer you? That's usually how they're going to come at you. They're not going to come in there and with an evil laugh and, and you know, just be ready there to take over your, your site there. They're going to care about your site too. It's all right. But no, they're going to come in and, and if you had say, you know what, this is my game plan. This is what I have. You know, this is my plan for it. Here's my vendors. They've worked with me this much time. Here's our budget for it. You know, whatever part you're involved in. But to be able to show that to them and just be confident that you're competent, you know, just say, this is it. This is my first turn. Even if it is your first turn, just show them what your plan is. Again, like Wes just said, they don't want to go in there and reinvent the wheel. They, they'd love it if they go in there and don't have to do anything. But they want to go in there and see... Yeah how you're handling it to see if they do need to insert themselves. But, you know, it's a great time and it's a great first pitch to try to keep yourself at that property as well, uh, to be able to show that you can handle it and that you're organized and not that there has to be an issue for something to be sold, but just to really kind of, you know, show, Hey, I'm here. I know this property. These residents know me. Um, I take care of stuff, you know, just to show how organized you are again, saying it turns the most important part of the year for maintenance. Um, that's the first part. The other part is I think really important because I've experienced both sides of this as well. When a lot of times when people hear you're getting sold, there's a, a freak out period of time and I get it. There's some uncertainty in there and that stuff can be a little difficult, but man, they're going to, they're going to follow your suit. So if you start going in there and not caring and stuff, and it's going to be a bad reflection on everybody else and they'll be able to observe that whenever they come in there to pull everyone apart and talk to them separately, which is usually how it happens. Just kind of re-interview everyone and but no, I think it's great to keep a positive demeanor. I'm obviously, I mean, not obviously, but I'm, I'm pretty optimistic for the most part and go in there and, you know, put out your best presentation of yourself. And again, if you end up working for them, try to learn all the aspects they have. Like I mentioned earlier, every company has their things they do. All of them have like kind of a home run. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. I want to take that. And so again, every time you switch companies, if you've been one company for 10 years and move to another one, it's a great chance to learn some other aspects, some other you know, tips that you can learn and just become the ultimate student housing weapon, right? That's yeah. just, because you're not going to discover everything on your own. So you got to take and, and uh, little bits from everyone. That's why it's so great to have these new opportunities like like Insight here to just get to learn other tricks and, and get to learn a new perspective. So um, I think it's awesome what Wes is doing with this podcast and other things because it's a great opportunity to, to learn new things and just to, again, feel reassured in your field and I just think it's a great, a great thing he has going on. Not to, not to pitch you, but that, that's, a, that's really how I feel. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And I'm just geek enough to where I love this type of stuff. So I think it's awesome. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. And, um, and yeah, that actually kind of leads into, in, into some other things that um, I can go ahead and talk a little bit about, but yeah, student housing insight is actually going from just being a podcast to now offering some conference uh, uh, networking opportunities as well. So they will be regional. So we'll do four to, to six of these over the next year. We're partnering with, with Axiometrics to, to bring that to you. There will be more information that we'll give out later, but 
be checking the the website and LinkedIn for for updates as that happens. Goes, we're we're really excited about about that happening. I think that will give you know folks in this industry that are wanting to learn more about these things uh, that you know maybe you feel a little siloed in the market that you're in because you know maybe there aren't other student housing properties there to where you're in huge tier one schools with uh, you know with a lot of competition and you know you feel like you know no no one's thinking about how to do something a little bit different in order to to bring some innovation to the market so so yeah really excited about that and uh, like i said more information to come lincoln i appreciate it you know i, I kind of feel like uh, over the past month or so we've gotten to to know each other really well and love the the passion that you bring to to student housing and i'm pretty sure this probably won't be the uh last episode that you that you help co-host for us so i hope not i've, um, had, a, I've had a great time <laughs> so thanks for your time and uh we will catch up with you later all right appreciate it Wes. thanks guys